Welcome to a special episode of the Eclectic Readers Podcast. Today, we're sitting down with authors E.K. Johnston, Catherine Locke, Ben Philippe, and Robin Talley at the 2019 Nova Teen Book Festival. Welcome to the show. Please introduce yourself and give a quick pitch of your most recent book. Hello, my name is E.K. Johnston, and my most recent book is Star Wars Queen's Shadow, which follows Padme Amidala as she transitions from being Queen of Naboo to a senator for the Galactic Assembly, and she has a bunch of things she wants to get done, but fortunately for her, she can be in more than one place at the same time. My name is Catherine Locke, and my most recent book was The Spy with the Red Balloon, which is about two Jewish-American siblings who are recruited to do magic on the Manhattan Project. I'm Robin Talley. My most recent book is Pulp, which is a dual timeline uh, story about an 18-year-old girl in the 1950s who's writing a secret lesbian pulp fiction novel and a 17-year-old girl in the present day who finds that novel and decides she's going to track down the mysterious author who wrote it and then disappeared after writing a single book under a pseudonym. My name is Ben Phillip, and my most recent novel, and only novel, really, is The Field Guide to the North American Teenager, which is the story of Norris Kaplan, a black French-Canadian teenager who moves to the middle of Texas and hates everything there and starts a (laughs) field guide sort of chronicling the wildlife of his high school. Awesome. So excited to read these. Um, We'd like to start out with a fun getting-to-know-you question. So we'll start off by asking, what's your Hogwarts... Hogwarts house and your Patronus. I am a Hufflepuff, and I am told that my Patronus is a platypus. Well, that's because it's cute, but it'll kill you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. um, my Hogwarts house is Ravenclaw, and my Patronus, according to Pottermore, is a magpie, which is insulting and also very accurate. <laughs> <laughs> um, my Hogwarts house is Ravenpuff. I'm a hybrid. And my Patronus, according to Pottermore, is a rat, which I have chosen to embrace, uh, because every now and then I see my Patronus, like, scurrying around in the alley. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've taken a bunch, because I used to have, like, some self-shame about that. Um, I took a bunch of questionnaires, and I'm a Slytherin. Yeah. Like, 14 different Slytherins. (laughs) (laughs) And someone told me that my Patronus is a dog, which I'm okay with. A dog. We have all four houses represented yeah. here. We don't have a Gryffindor. Oh, Gryffindor. Oh, Gryffindor. Gryffindor. Yeah. Uh, I'm also hybrid. So. <laughs> so let's switch gears into some bookish questions. What book made you become a reader, and what book made you become a writer? Um, the book that turned me into a reader was Heidi, uh, which my mom read to me when I was four, and then I according to legend, recited back to her um, several times. Um, it's the only book I wish I'd stolen from a library because I was the only person who signed it out for like 15 years. It just has my number written. <laughs> it just has my number written in it over and over and over and over again. Um, eventually I did track down that edition in a, in a bookstore, so I do own it finally. Um, but that's the book that made me a reader. And the book that made me a writer is Ash by Melinda Lowe. Oh, that's interesting. I basically read it and was like, man, you can do whatever you want in YA. Oh. Uh, the book that made me a reader, uh, like, it's probably a picture book that I don't remember. <laughs> so I, I wrote a picture book called The Girl with a Thousand Cats, which is funny because I have a lot of cats. Um, <laughs> but when I was, like, seven, and it was about a girl who crossed the world and um, collected cats on her way. 
But it turns out that that was like the first picture book that's been like in print for the longest amount of time. It's called A Man with a Million Cats, and that's essentially the plot line. So I was writing fan fiction at age like five. (laughs) So yeah, so I think that book both made me a reader and a writer. So that's my answer. Nice. Um, the book that made me a reader is also probably books that I don't remember. The one that sticks out the most is the Babysitter's Club series. Starting that in elementary school and decided that that was my jam, and I stuck with those for many, many years. And the book that made me a writer in a serious way uh, was Devil Wears Prada, actually, um, because I, you know a lot of people don't remember the book; they saw, they remember the movie. The movie is really good. The book is not that great. And so I sort of read the book, and I was like, this book is really, really popular, and I enjoyed it a lot. And I don't think it's that good. And she can get this book published despite being not that good, you know. <laughs> Too. The bar isn't as high as you thought <laughs> it was. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, the book that made me want to be a reader was probably Agatha Christie's And Then There Were None. Oh, uh, wow. Because I remember I was a teen and I was like dipping out of books, sort of more into video games and just reading was becoming a chore because school was assigning you books you didn't want to read. Yeah. And then I started that one and it just sort of hooked me. I think I started at like 11 p.m. and finished at like 4 a.m. with a headache. Um, <laughs> and then I tracked that, oh, she wrote like 60 of these. <laughs> <laughs> and the book that made me want to be a writer, I think it might have been Animorphs, like the old yeah. series with the covers that are just... Um, crazy. <laughs> crazy. And they don't even match the book because in the book they have to get naked. They don't morph with their outfits. Um, they morph with bathing suits. Yeah, because it sticks to their... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> get it. Um, and I dipped into fan fiction because one of them dies in the last book and I wanted to sort of like, well, I didn't like that. <laughs> so I went to... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Can you fix it in one chapter? Yes, Rachel lives. <laughs> <laughs> So what drew you to write in the young adult category? Um, I think, honestly, it was the books that people were recommending me to read were all YA, um, and I was enjoying them a lot. And then I had read adult fantasy a lot as a kid, and then when I grew up, I was like, wow, these books are pretty messed up. And YA was significantly less messed up, so it was a little bit like more palatable to read. Um, and then I read Ash, and I was like, okay, you can literally do anything you want in YA. Uh, let's roll with it. So it was sort of the, the elasticity of the stories and the combination of genre that you can get away with in YA um, is really what draws me to it. Also, kids are way much more fun than grown-ups. Have you talked to Melinda about that? Yeah, the first conversation I had with Melinda was when she invited me to stay at her house and host her book launch. And like when Andrew signed her, I was like, oh, no, I'm going to meet Melinda Lowe and die. <laughs> she was like, her and Tamara Pierce were like the last two authors that I was like, I can never meet them in person mm. because I will die. And then I got an email from Melinda that was like, hey, our books come out really close together. Do you want to come to my house and do a launch party? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It was amazing. And I love to tell the story, so we're fine. Yeah. Um, I think the same type of thing is like, Adults are really, adult readers can get really concerned about like what genre is this book and where does it go on a bookshelf and what do I call it? And teens don't really seem to care about that. They're in it for the story, um, not whatever metadata gets tagged onto it in the Amazon or bookstores. So that's, it's really fun to write for an audience that is really open minded and um, flexible in their reading. And the books that I most enjoy, like that I still go back to as an adult, RYA books. I think the co- some of the coolest things that are happening in, in literature is happening in YA. Um, the most inventive stories, pushing the boundaries, like working to fix publishing is all happening <laughs> in Kidlet. Um, so yeah, it's the place that I feel most at home. 
Uh, I'm kind of a stunted adult, I guess. <laughs> so it just kind of worked perfectly. Um, I started writing seriously in the MFA setting, and it's a lot of... Um, I loved my MFA, um, but it was a lot of adults trying to impress each other as intellectual beings. No so, way. Yeah. <laughs> I'm <was> shocked. <laughs> a lot of short stories about people having, like, metaphorical conversations <laughs> on the road, uh, soldiers coming home from war. Um, it was that sort of stuff. And I wrote in that genre. I don't think it's disingenuous, but, like, sometimes I just really wanted to write, like, two teen- teenagers falling in love. Um, and then I came out of my MFA program. I was like, oh, this is kind of a thing. This is, like, the thing in literature right now. And, you know, people who read YA, not just teenagers, but, like, adults, too, they just let themselves feel all the feelings. They don't just ana- analyze it. They're just like, I hated this character so much. I'm, yeah, talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, my story just goes back uh, years and years, because I mentioned already that I read The Devil Wears Prada, and that, like, had an impact on me. So I decided, like, okay, I'm going to try writing. Like, that genre at the time was called Chiclet, and it was mm. for adults. And so I decided, I was like, okay, well, I'll try this. And I tried writing some, and it wasn't really that much fun. And then I saw an ad, an online ad for, like, do you want to take an online class in writing young adult Chiclet? And I was like, sure. I'm not really sure what that is, but I'll sign up. So I signed up for this class, and, like, I was, they were, the first assignment was, like, okay, you have a reading assignment. Your first assignment is to read the original Gossip Girl novel. This is before the TV show. This, so this is like, okay, you know, I'll read this book. It'll be silly. And I read it, and I was like, this book is so good. It's like, it's so well written, and, like, I don't, I, I'm, I don't know anything about the show or the other books, but the first book is really, really good. And I was like, you can do this, and this can be, like, a book, and, like, people will read this. Like, this is amazing. This is, like, candy, and it's fun, and it's really clever and good. And so I wanted to try to do that. Season one of the show is also very, very good. That's <laughs> weird. What genre would you love to write in that you haven't yet? I should go last. Because I was I mean, like, you genre I'm going to need some time to think about other genres. <laughs> um, mine's pretty easy. It's murder mysteries. Like, I love... Um, I don't know if that's horror because, like, you have the countdown factor. But no, it's murder mysteries. Somebody, like, beautiful house, somebody dies, and you have a bunch of suspects. Go. Cool. Um, mine is probably, it's kind of cheating because I have written it, but I wrote it really badly. Uh, fantasy. Um, it was good. Oh, really? I read parts of it. <laughs> Did you really? Okay, sorry. Thank you. I'm glad. It's a very no. aggressive compliment. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. No, but it turned out, I, I, thought I, I thought that fantasy was a thing that I wanted to try, and it is a thing that I'd like to try, but it's hard. I mm. bow down before all of you fantasy writers. It's not easy at all. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I, I write fantasy, but I write historical fantasy, and I would like to tackle a secondary world fantasy mm-hmm. um, that also, I mean, I've tried, and it sucks so far, so I'd like to do it and do it well. Can um, we say sucked on the podcast? Yeah, probably. Yeah, okay. yeah you're fine. Cool. <laughs> um, I would like to write, I really wish I had like the brain for a thriller. I don't know if I do, because I'm afraid of both scary things and outlining. Um <laughs> But I, I don't uh, – maybe thriller. I would like to be the kind of person who writes thrillers because it, it feels like Courtney Summers and Steph Keen are having a lot of fun in life. But um, I don't know if I, like, can work my way up to that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, if you could pick a character from another author's book and put them into one of your own books, who would you choose and why? 
Um, so I would take Owen from Kate's first book, uh, the story of Owen, the Dragon Slayer of Tron Time. And he's so he, Owen, he's a Dragon Slayer, and so I'd like to put him in the background of basically any of my books. <laughs> and so like my characters can be like making out in the foreground, and in the background, Owen is fighting with a dragon. With oh my sword. god, this is my favorite answer. <laughs> I really feel like that would distract from Abby's research. In the you know, <laughs> she's got a we tried to do that in Exit for like two years, and we could like both Andrew and I could not come up with a way to have like these two kids who were never in class in Exit Pursued by a Bear and have like Owen and Siobhan just be like off slaying a dragon somewhere and we couldn't make it work naturally. So just <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I don't know why. <laughs> um, uh, I Man, there are so many good books that I would... Allie from the Tortal world, I would like to stick her in any one of my books. Uh, she's one of my favorite characters ever, and she seems like she's a lot of fun to write. Mm-hmm. So getting to borrow Allie from um, Trickster's Choice and Trickster's Queen would be amazing. I can't remember the character's name right now. I think I know which. Um, it would be Foxface from oh, Hunger oh, Games. Yeah. Is it yeah. Foxface? Fox yeah. so that's what she Fox calls her. She never has a name. Okay. That's what she calls her. Yeah. Okay, Foxface. Yeah, because yeah, I, I just think she's the cleverest one. I yeah. like her strategy to surviving. And I think, I don't know, we follow Katniss because it's Katniss's story and arrows are cool, but like I like that survival instinct sort yeah. of mm-hmm. kicking in. Yeah, she clearly had like a really rich backstory that we never yeah. got. Yeah, that we right. never got. Um, I think I would like to take... Um, Basically, uh, there's a short story by Tessa Gratton called Did- – I can't remember her name either because that's just the way my brain works sometimes. But the girl in Date with the Dragon Slayer who has, like, won the date with Sean Kendrick is um, so, like, hilariously practical. Like, she basically wins a date with this Dragon Slayer and it's also a scholarship. Like, and then I'm like, I would – that is definitely something I would have done. It's like, wait, there's a scholarship involved? Okay, I'll, I'll date this boy, like, for one night um, before he may die slaying a dragon. Um, but do I get to go to a good university? I feel like that's, like, I would I love that kind of practicality in characters. Priorities. So I would, I would take her. So what book trope can you just not get enough of? I'm going to jump in and answer this really fast. Go ahead. Um, I love the thing where they hate each other in real life, but they're actually best friends online. It is, like, one of my favorite things in the entire world. And if people pitch books to me like that, it doesn't matter the genre, the category, how old the book is, who wrote it. It doesn't matter. I will read that. It's a very I, specific trope. I love, I love all tropes, like, except the, except the stupid ones, like, the ones that are, the ones that are, like, actively harmful, like, racist and that kind of shenanigans. I do not like those. But anytime you go into a story and you're like, yes, I am coming home, that's just such a wonderful feeling. Also, I come from a massive fan fiction battery, so, like, there was only one bed is definitely, like, my approach to stories in general. But I just, like, anytime you walk into a story and the characters are like, oh, I wonder what could possibly happen. And you're like, excellent. I know where this is going. I really like, I don't know, it's not femme fatale. It's like, I want to say the twisted ingenue. It comes up a lot in the Agatha Christie books. It's sort of like the murderer ends up being like the quiet, almost like damsel. Mm -hmm. And she does it for love or out of grief. And she has a beautiful speech at the end, but she totally poisoned like a murder on the Nile. I want to say, has yeah. has that in it. Uh, Murder in the Orient Express has like four of them. Yeah. Just always, 
I don't know. I just really always enjoyed that speech. That's Ben's aesthetic. <laughs> I, mean, I always love that point, too, where it's like the, the innocent girl turns out to be the killer yeah. in her book, and I'm like, yes. Yeah. Oh, I remember, like, oh, in that specific one I'm thinking of, she's like, murder is so easy, Mr. Poirot. And then she, a tear, like, <laughs> like, oh, God, you're so twisted. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, I'm kind of with you, Kate. I, I also like all tropes. It's hard to like pick a favorite because tropes are cool. I mean, not, obviously not the bad ones, you know, like you said. But um, uh, I think one that sticks out because you mentioned fan fiction is Hurt Comfort. Is yes. a trope that I like, especially I mean, my days when I used to read a lot of Harry Draco. There was a lot of Hurt Comfort in my life, and I, and I enjoyed it. <laughs> <laughs> it's delightful. Um, so what is your eclectic pick. So we got to the hard one. The book that you love that hasn't gotten enough attention, weird book that you love. I was going to say one thing and I changed my mind during this talk um, because I really liked Pulp by Robin Talley and I don't feel like it got enough attention. It was such a brilliant concept and the execution, like, full disclosure, Robin is a friend of me and also sitting across the table right now, but like... (laughs) um, when she explained it to me, I was like, how is that even going to work? And then when I read it, I was like, this is amazing. I love this book so much. Like, the execution is just flawless, and the story is so good. Aw, thank you. That's You're really welcome. nice. <laughs> also read The Bird and the Blade by Megan Bannon. It is also very good. <laughs> um, so my pick is Brooklyn Burning by Steve uh. Bresnoff, which is one of my favorite books of all time that was, like, criminally underread, which it's all written in in second person, which is fascinating, and it's about arson and genderqueer teens who can't go home in Brooklyn or, like, living in the basements of bars. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, one of my favorite things of all time. And I, like, Steve knew me at his line in BEA one time because he was like, hey, hey, this is the girl who's really, really obsessed with Brooklyn. (laughs) And I was like, yes, that's me. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, that's, that's my pick. Um, I'm going to take a liberal interpretation of the term eclectic and mention a book that hasn't gotten enough attention yet, because um, I'm convinced that it will eventually, but we need to talk it up more and get it more out there, and that's um, Internment by Samir Ahmed, mm. which just came out like a week ago, and it just hit the New York Times list, um, but most people that I talk to still have no idea what it is when I bring it up, so let's let's talk about it more. It is um, a book set, the way it's described is it's set 15 minutes into the future, and it's so it basically it reads like the present day and the present uh, political situation, but it's um, a world where Muslim Americans are being sent to internment camps and modeled on the camps that Japanese Americans were sent to during World War II. And it's like literally the camp that they're sent to is like down the road from a Japanese internment camp. And it's it's fascinating reading it. You can't stop turning the pages. It's it's a really really like engrossing and fascinating read, and everybody needs to read it, whether they're YA readers or not. This needs to go huge. Uh, I'm gonna sort of pick up on the thread of like boosting a book that's already wildly popular. Um, <laughs> mine is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. I totally forgot her middle name, so that's why I was Googling. Um, <laughs> it's really popular, but it's also stupid good, and I just want to talk to more people about it. I I made like meaningful eye contact with someone on the subway because I was reading it, mm. and they were just like, I love it. I love it, too. It's so good. <laughs> it's so trashy. It's about this sort of like... Uh, modern day journalist that's sort of given this opportunity to interview like an old Hollywood starlet who went through seven husbands in her life and it's a queer story it's a sort of period piece it is so good so so good I love it 
So you know what's interesting about that? Mm-hmm. Our our next book pick is My Choice, and that had been on top of my list, and I was like <laughs> trying to decide if I was going to pick it. So I think eclectic readers, that's what we'll be reading. What in April? Is that what we're up to now? Yep. Or no, May? April or May. I don't know. But anyway. We'll be reading it soon. (laughs) It is awesome. And there is like some, it's almost like reading a really, really long and well-written tabloid. Because there are excerpts in it and it's trashy. There's some scandalous stuff in there. I love it. I like it. Nice. Very cool. Uh, So where can our listeners find you online? Um, I am on Twitter at EK underscore Johnston, which is also my Instagram, and on Tumblr at EK, EK with no underscore Johnston because they don't let you have underscores on Tumblr. Hmm. Hmm. Uh, you can find me online at Bibliogato, which is B-I-B-L-I-O-G-A-T-O on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I don't update my Tumblr anymore, but it is the same name on Tumblr. <laughs> um, so you can find me there. I'm boring. My name is just Robin Tally everywhere. Um, I'm on Twitter, Instagram, Tumblr, all the usual spots, and you come to robintally.com. Uh, on Twitter, I am go home Ben, all one word. I'm just vomiting every thought I ever have and then deleting them. So <laughs> go in there and get that window of stuff that could get me canceled. And on Instagram, it's my full name, Ben Phillip. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for chatting with us today, and thanks to all of you Eclectic Readers for listening. Check us out on Twitter at Eclectic Read Pod or on Litzy at Eclectic Readers. Listen to past episodes on our website, eclecticreaders.fireside.fm, or subscribe to us in your favorite podcatcher so you never miss an episode. Look for relevant links in our show notes, and let's shelve this until next time. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you.